be a fun one. I'm gonna sneeze. Maybe. Do it. I'm trying. It's not. It's gone. <clears throat> it's gone. And there's our intro for this episode. And there. <laughs> And welcome to Middleish, the podcast about moderation in all things. I am Erin Green. And I am Michael Gray. How you doing? Not bad. The Good. sun just came out in my, yeah. I mean, I'm in this gray world where winter has arrived in Boise mm-hmm. and literally as you were counting down just now, the sun comes streaming through my window and I just have this burst of happiness. I was counting down the sun. So, Thank you. So the little power I have. You know, Thank you. I know. Big. Yeah. Send your superpowers up here more often because we've been getting a lot of rain. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it cold too up there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got this cold snap and then we got, I mean, Idaho does this where Mm. you'll get, you know, the cold and then it'll get warm again. And it kind of goes off and on as the shoulder season, you know, transitions into, you know, it's, we're definitely into fall right now, but it feels like we're below average temperature wise. We got snow. Um, was it last weekend or it was two weekends ago, I think. And so, yeah, it's anytime the sun is out, even if it's cold outside, you see people just suddenly like get out, you know, walking on the street and they're just outside. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, not to make you jealous, but it's been gorgeous here. This is like the time of year down here. Like lows are like 52, 55. Highs are warmer, like seventy-two. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Oh, geez, like so your lows 30% are warmer than humidity. our daytime highs. Yeah, probably. So, yeah. My office windows open all day with this nice little breeze. It's yeah. You know, I'm not going to be too jealous because hurricanes. you have to deal with well <laughs> hurricanes, yes, and you have to Fire deal ants. with some really crap, <laughs> crap humidity. weather in like August. <laughs> So oh, it's like July, March to September. Oh, yeah. Okay. See. Yeah, that humidity starts creeping in yeah. March, April, and by like May, it's hot. You know, like it is running. Humidity is in full steam, and it runs through. Yeah, September, mid October, in yeah. there. But this year actually wasn't terrible. There have been worse years, but so I think Mother Nature was like, hey, you know, with everything going on, let's back off a little bit with working our way halfway through the Greek alphabet of hurricanes for you guys. We'll, we'll give you a little bit of a break. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I'm also but. not as jealous of your weather because I'm actually getting pretty excited about skate skiing this winter. Yeah. And I, I am this close to getting a new pair of skate skis, which has been a long time coming because nice. I've had my current pair for like seven years with mm-hmm. a lot of skiing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there it's time. And I've been, you know, it's exciting. Yeah. Kind of putting it off and waiting to get, because I, I want to get a good setup. And so, Mm -hmm. um, that's, you know, new equipment is, I don't know. See, as someone who is not a winter fan at all, it's, (laughs) I'm happy here. (laughs) You're happy for me, but (laughs) yes, I'm happy for you. But yeah, I mean, if someone likes, you know, skiing, snowboarding, you know, whatever, Sure. Yeah. This wouldn't be that great because you would never have that, but I don't yeah. mind. In the I should probably ship Matt off to stay with you for a few months in the winter because yeah, he, send him down. 
oh man, he's not a skier. He's not into the winter thing. He just, Mm -hmm. every winter it gets a little worse. I'm actually surprised we're not living somewhere like Arizona (laughs) by now because he's just like, like every time, but football gets us through. Yeah. If you don't like enjoy like skiing or snowboarding or, you know, whatever winter is kind of a, it's a bummer. It's a drag. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, all it is, is driving slow on slick roads and getting up early to warm your car up and scrape your windows (laughs) and shoveling your sidewalk. None of those things are fun. <laughs> and football, Michael. Right, football. but just the, just the weather-wise, you know. Although I will miss taking the girls sledding. That's that's fun. I do like that. Or, you know, snowball fights or building snowmen. But yes. aside from that, winter can eat it as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> speaking <laughs> of eating. Speaking of eating. We have a big holiday coming up. Yes, we that do. It revolves around eating. And I mean, I would say even for my family, Christmas revolves around eating too. And, Mm -hmm. you know, New Year's tends Mm -hmm. to revolve around eating. I mean, don't all parties revolve around eating? Yeah, pretty much. That's kind of the way we do it here. But Thanksgiving is the biggie. The biggie. That's the one where you're wearing your pants with, you know, elastic, elastic, stretchy bands. Well, and this year, (laughs) I mean, we've been the uniform of 2020 has been PJ pants anyway. So I think Mm y'all are in good company. here. Just cut that elastic band out. Go for it. Right. That's our advice. I mean, just who needs pants anyway? Right. Like whatever. I keep telling you, I don't wear them when we record. (laughs) We don't need you to prove that. We will take your word Party on the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) So Thanksgiving. Yeah. Thanksgiving. One of my favorite holidays. You know, it's. I love the food. It's not one of mine. I don't dislike it. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's just not one of my top ones for some reason. What is your top? Christmas. Oh yeah. Yeah. Christmas with kids is like just magic. It is the (laughs) best. (laughs) Like I wasn't really a big Christmas fan for a long time as an adult until I had kids and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So I really love Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like, I'm not a big holiday guy in general, you know, just on my own. So mm-hmm. I think for me, the holidays I get most excited about are the ones that are like the most fun with my kids. Mm-hmm. Christmas, Halloween, you know, Valentine's Day. Those are really exciting. And Thanksgiving is just for kids. It's like, I eh, we'll just get together and eat a bunch of food. So yeah, I don't yeah. dislike it at all, but <clears throat> I do like food. That's fun. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do like food. We've mm-hmm. <laughs> Some both. of our episodes talking yeah. strictly about food have gone over an hour. So I'm pretty sure <laughs> we both like that. Just a um, touch. Are you so going to have a, your favorites? It's one of your it's, favorites. It's one of my favorites. I love yeah. the traditional dishes. Um, I would say we pretty much had the same menu mm-hmm. year after year after year growing up and I never tired of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because most of those menu items only came around at Thanksgiving. And so I would get really excited. And then as I got into college, Thanksgiving was a long coming break mm-hmm, right. <laughs> from, right. from glasses. Yeah. So once Thanksgiving hit, it was like, I actually got to breathe a sigh of relief and I sure. could just have a week off and kind of recoup. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think sometimes the holidays create some anxiety for people. I mean, for mm-hmm. a lot of reasons, but 
with the people we work with, a lot of it is revolving around food and health and the barriers that come along with it. And how do I navigate this season? Because you have, you know, Thanksgiving and then you have Christmas and then you have new year's and it's just, it feels like for, you know, two or more months, you're just kind of like thrown off kilter and you're surrounded by food and there's parties and Mm -hmm. how do I navigate this? Mm -hmm. So Michael and I put together some do's and don'ts. Do's and don'ts. Try and keep it nice and simple. Um, and to help you maybe think ahead, and we're releasing this the week of Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. so several days before the actual holiday, but then also there's Christmas and New Year's and whatever. Right. Um, so there's maybe more give food you to a, come. There's more. There's <laughs> always more food. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So we want you to do that fist pump that Michael just did and be excited about it. And and not be scared. Yeah. Yeah. Not be terrified or feeling like you should stay home and avoid. Yeah. Well, all the fun. I will say maybe we should stay home (laughs) this year, this year. But speaking of, are you guys going to have any, I know that Kat's family is down there. So yeah, they're already like, you know, kind of you know, householding with them. Yeah. Girls, we, right. But we might go up to her dad's, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. But that's all I know. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Are you guys just doing the two of you? Just the two of us. And we're going to cook the whole, we planned our menu. We're going to do the whole thing and cook nice. and yeah. So it'll be, it'll be the first time that we've you know, just done the full dinner ourselves. And we're, I mean, I'm, I'm already looking at recipes and figuring like, how do I pare this recipe down? Or how do I, you know, make sure that we don't just end up with like so much food. Like an eighth um, of a recipe. <laughs> but we have a few friends that we usually celebrate with that I think will invite to like, come get a plate or some leftovers or something. Um, nice. so yeah, well, nice. one of our good friends, um, actually, gets a turkey through his work and, and mm-hmm. he's working on Thanksgiving. He's a nurse. And so, um, he has given us the free turkey. And so I was like, okay, we'll cook the turkey. We'll do everything. And then when you're done with your shift, stop on by and nice. you know, get some leftovers. So nice. Yeah. Nice. What are your favorite holiday Thanksgiving dishes? My favorites. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start with our first do or don't okay. because it's exactly what you just asked. I just did an um, accidental segue, didn't I? Yeah. Good job. (laughs) It's like tripping and doing a flip and landing on your feet. It's like, whoops, I'm amazing. I meant to do that. (laughs) Totally. So do look forward to your favorites. That's Mm -hmm. the first one. And that's probably the one that speaks most to me because as you all just heard, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. I loved the family tradition and what we always put together. So my favorite, my absolute favorite growing up was my grandma's stuffing. Mm -hmm. And I can't, I mean, my brothers and my parents would, they'd probably laugh if they heard me talking about this because that was literally the talk of the household the entire week. Is grandma making your stuffing? Is grandma (laughs) making a double batch of stuffing? Is grandma making extra stuffing? Is grandma going to make your stuffing? So grandma's stuffing. I looked forward to it every year. I still Mm -hmm. do, but I obviously don't get it, Mm -hmm. um, anymore, but, um, I say, look forward to your favorites. Like, I think people sometimes their favorite might be like the most decadent, rich, buttery something or other. And they almost like get this pang of 
but I shouldn't be eating that or, but that doesn't fit into my plan that I'm on or, you know, oh, but it's, it's too rich or whatever. Mm -hmm. I say, throw that out the window and, Mm -hmm. and really look forward to your favorites, especially if they're seasonal and you only get them once a year. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think it just goes, it's, it echoes something we've talked about a lot. It's just this idea of if we never get to enjoy the things that we really like, how sustainable is this? How doable is this? Like, do you really want to not ever have just really, you know, delicious stuffing or pumpkin pie or, you know, mashed potatoes with butter and grit? You never want to have that ever again in your life. Like, is that really worth it? Does that feel like a plan that is worth following? I say, no, I don't think so. (laughs) You know, and, and I think it's, it also just kind of echoes how we've talked a lot about we often put way too much um, weight on a meal or a day, right? Like it's this one food, you know, like I had French fries, so I ruined everything, you know, or I had, you know, whatever. And if we look at the holidays, you know, like we have Thanksgiving, we got Christmas, we got New Year's. We're looking at three days in the course of what? Is it six weeks, something like that? Like, I really believe if you go hog wild on those days, like just ramp it and eat till you're <laughs> sick, right? And all of the days in between, you do what you've been doing, you're going to be fine. Right. You're going to be fine. You know, it's not like, it just doesn't, yeah, it doesn't work like that. We can't just burn everything down in a day, in a meal, you know? I mean, you just physically can't, you can't eat enough to do that, you know? And so... It, I just think, yeah, it's just, these are important times. There are times we look forward to. There are times that are, have social importance and emotional importance. And if you can't enjoy them fully, man, you're just missing out on a lot. And I would say when it also, just from a practical perspective, when it comes to menu planning, Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people would, they get too focused on, well, we've always had this dish and it's not really my favorite, but it's always been part of the meal or you have to have rolls with Thanksgiving dinner, Mm -hmm. you know, or you have to have whatever, if that's not your favorite and you're kind of just putting it on your plate because it's there, or you're kind of just eating it because it's there, or you're making it because it's there. How about really just focusing on what are your favorites and your family's favorites. And how does that fit into, you know, eating in a relaxed, enjoyable, Mm -hmm. competent way, instead of sort of putting this pressure on yourself to, you know, conform to tradition or, you know, like you said, like go hog wild and eat everything and go way Mm -hmm. past the point of fullness, which we'll talk about too. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think really just being clear on like, what do you want this food experience to be like so that it enhances the entire experience? Right. Right. Yeah. And I, and, and I agree. If you're, there's no sense in eating things you don't enjoy, <laughs> you know, yeah, totally. like, like just out of obligation or whatever. Yeah. I mean, f- put the stuff on your plate that you really enjoy um, because I think the more you enjoy the, the Thanksgiving meal or the Christmas meal or whatever, the, the more satisfied you are on less food, 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If we're eating stuff that doesn't, you know, the mouthfeel or the taste or texture, or whatever, we don't really enjoy. There's not satisfaction in that piece of it. There may be satisfaction in like the fullness in our stomachs, but that's a, that's only a part of being satisfied, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, eat the stuff you like and don't worry about the other stuff. No point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So are we ready for the first don't? Don't. We're moving on. Do not. Do not starve yourself all day or all week before the holiday, right? I think that's something that people often do is oh, like, yeah. okay, so here comes the day. I'm going to, you know, just like have 500 calories a day for three days so that I can make room for stuff or whatever. <laughs> yeah. The whole making room, like I'm not going to eat all day just so I have lots of room Yeah. for, well, you know, it doesn't really work like that. Like, yeah. It's. Yeah. That's not the way metabolism and your, and your stomach works. Like you don't, you don't create more room by starving yourself. (laughs) Exactly. And, and to piggyback on metabolism, I think we, again, we put too much emphasis on if we're over calories in a day of like what that's going to do to our metabolism or what that's going to do to our weight. You know what I mean? And it's just, yeah, it's just not the way those things work. But, um, I think, I think one of the biggest problems. I think there's several with this approach of, you know, big restriction before a holiday or a big meal or whatever. Um, I mean, there's some like all or none thinking in there. I think scarcity, abundant stuff, that's not good to have. But I think one of the biggest things, if you come into that meal really hungry, (laughs) yeah, like what's going to happen? You're probably going to eat way more than you really needed or wanted to because you're freaking starving you know, and when you come into situations where you're really hungry and then you're presented with food that is rich and flavorful and salty and buttery and all that kind of stuff, it's going to be extra amazing. And it's just, I mean, just grab the plate and argh, you know what I mean? You're just going to be shoveling. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. I think that's one of the biggest uh, flaws in that plan is I think it often backfires on people. Yeah. And I, I have a little confession with this one because when I was an very early in my pro triathlete career, mm-hmm. I was doing some self-experimentation with food and in, you know, body composition and like, you know, diet manipulation, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And some of it could easily be classified as disordered, like, okay, don't, <laughs> there's no mm-hmm. need. You have to like yeah. look at food that way. But Thanksgiving always came at the end of my triathlon season. So, you know, maybe my last race was in October or September or something like that. And Thanksgiving was after, um, I definitely had this feeling that, okay, I'm not training. I don't, you know, need as much food and whatever. I haven't had like these kinds of foods. And so I do need to go kind of just Thanksgiving hog wild, Mm -hmm. eat my heart out. Um, and we would go over to a friend's house and so we didn't really have leftovers. And so for me, it was a little bit like, I better make it count now because I'm not going to, you know, have leftovers. (laughs) And I remember one Thanksgiving, oh, it was probably like maybe six years ago where I ate so much and I didn't, I didn't really give my body time to let the food kind of settle and then tell myself like, Oh, that signal is there that I'm pretty darn full. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I just kept going. And I kind of was like, oh, you know, I got to have all the desserts and I got to have all this. I was so full that I literally was afraid I was going to throw up. <laughs> and that's horrible. Like, it's embarrassing for me to admit this, everybody. But here you go. Just so you know, it yeah. happens. It can happen to the best of us. And I was like, mm-hmm. how did this happen? And the only way I could get comfortable was I went for a walk after dinner mm-hmm. in this nice chill neighborhood, you know, so like the chill of the air was on my face to keep me from being <laughs> sick. And I just remember like oh, being so acknowledging how my body physically felt mm-hmm. being very disappointed in myself that like, um, you're a dietitian, you should know better. How did you get here? <laughs> but that quickly passed. And it, Instead, I just sort of reinforced like, okay, this is a very uncomfortable physical feeling. Mm-hmm. How did I get here? What decisions did I make that got here? You know, and then of course, thinking about food at that point was like, don't even like nothing's don't you know, talk to me about it. I don't don't relive it. the dinner because it. otherwise this is a problem. Yeah. But really just <laughs> thinking back to like, how did I get here? What foods, you know, if I had done these do's and don'ts that were mm-hmm. kind of, you know, outlining. I would have been much better off and much more comfortable. And ever since then, I have approached those holiday gatherings with a much more um, balanced and confident and relaxed kind of mindset and a a different kind of awareness just because of that experience. So anyway, don't, don't starve yourself and think you gotta go all in. Well, and I don't, I don't know this for sure. So you can correct me because I don't know the science on this if I'm wrong, but it seems to me like if you, if you come into a situation like Thanksgiving and you've been restricting for days, like your, your glycogen stores are going to be depleted, right? Is that correct? More so well, if we've if, been restricting. For somebody who's been exercising and stuff, surely. Um, if mm-hmm. you, if you are not you know, restoring that mm-hmm. nutrition. Um, your body is very clever and mm-hmm. will find a way to make carbohydrates available mm-hmm. for utilization. If sure. you're, even if you're starving yourself, mm-hmm. but at the expense of so High many keto, other things right? in your body. <laughs> yeah. That's another episode, <laughs> but, but no, your, your body will be depleted in many mm-hmm. ways. Um, mm-hmm. if you engage in this restriction, right. So then so if, if we're depleted, and we come into a situation where there are a lot of simple carbohydrates available. We talked about this a few weeks ago. The body's like, hey, I need energy and I need it quick because I feel like crap, right? Because I don't have much to draw off of. And so you're going to be even more likely to overindulge in cookies and cakes and pies and that kind of stuff because the body's like, those are the things that are going to make us feel a lot better physically right now. So go for those. And so there's another way where I think you're just kind of setting yourself up for just a bad time, you know, for things to go beyond where you're planning. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know the exact scientific or physiological mechanism of Mm -hmm. what happens with the, you know, the insulin release and the storage of carbohydrates Mm -hmm. after you're doing that restrictive period. And then you go into like, a huge amount of refeeding, um, with those simple carbohydrates. But mm-hmm. I would imagine that your body has downregulated and adjusted to that lower influx of carbs. Sure. Then you eat a ton of them mm-hmm. and your hormones are going to go haywire. And the storage of those carbohydrates, which ends up being, I mean, if, if you 
fill up on carbohydrates and your muscles are saturated with them and your mm -hmm. body is full of them and there's some left over in your bloodstream, they're going to get converted into fat and stored right. that way. Right. So if you're, if you think that this is going to benefit you in any way to do like this really like meager nitpicky eating. And then you just go hog wild on Thanksgiving. You mm -hmm. actually could be doing yourself a disservice, right. not to mention that from an appetite regulation standpoint, it's way easier for your body to, you know, predict when I, you know, when it's expecting food. And so when that appetite right. starts getting a little bit stronger or when it's satisfied, the appetite comes down a little bit. So routine eating, sticking to just your typical meals right. and snacks and, you know, what you kind of know to be true of your body's appetite as you're heading into Thanksgiving then makes the day or Christmas or, you know, whatever holiday. Mm -hmm then makes the day a lot more predictable as well, because mm -hmm. you've already kind of practiced this going in. You can be very confident heading into that meal that I know where, where my body's limits right. are, how hungry I am and how, how satisfied I am. And always remember, this is not the last time you can ever have this food. <laughs> right. folks. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, and, and to just to tack on that, I think if we're looking at reducing the, the magnitude we give holiday meals, approaching it in a way where we're, we're, we're magnifying it by restricting because of what it's going to be ahead of time. We're just making that situation worse. Like we're just building it up in our head even more, you know, mm -hmm. about the, the battle that we need to be in with, with this meal or these foods. Um, we're just kind of further digging our heels in. And that I think is really unhealthy thinking. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to skip ahead to the, the next don't. So we're going to do two don'ts in a row and then I'll let you do that other do. You can do the do up above. I mean, Does that make sense? I guess I'm not prepared so, for it, but <laughs> you can, it's on physical activity. I'm pretty sure you can handle it, buddy. Okay. So okay. I wanted to, I wanted to talk about this next don't, don't get hyper-focused on having a quote healthy holiday meal. Um, and I want to focus on that because it's almost the flip side of what we've been talking about, right? We've been talking about how the holidays have some very rich and decadent favorite foods and how people sometimes just go overboard and they eat too much and, and they, you know, starve themselves and do kind of these extreme things heading into the holiday. The flip side of that is sometimes people will just like, by damn, I'm going to make this the healthiest menu I can, or right. I'm going to like make this low sugar. I'm going to make this low fat. I'm going to take out that stick of butter. Make um, kale pie. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> cauliflower crust. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Now, I'm not suggesting that, I mean, some people, I've worked in clinical settings, so I know mm. that there are some some definite constraints around managing, you know, acute, you know, eating consequences such as diabetes or a yeah. high sodium, low sodium kind of dietary plan or a heart healthy one, or, right. you know, I get that. Or if you have a food allergy, of course, right. you know, those Celiac are situations. Yeah. 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 So those are situations I think are kind of set aside from what I'm talking about here. What I'm saying is when people get super focused on this has to be, you know, fit into this 
perfect little box of the diet I'm currently following or the portion sizes that I'm going to allow myself, or, um, I'm going to adjust this recipe, even though I love my mom's, you know, sweet potato recipe, I'm going to make it a healthy version this year. It's so I'm cool with like experimenting in the kitchen. Right. So like play with your recipes and things and, and see if you can find a way that works for you. Go right. for it. Just be aware also that that can trigger some deprivation and some of that mm-hmm. scarcity mindset that you mentioned earlier. So that feeling that, you know, oh, I missed out on my one chance to have, you know, right. dinner rolls or whatever. And so that might, you know, trigger you to like go overboard mm-hmm. another day or at mm-hmm. another time. Um, another one I see people doing is like the detoxing thing. And so they'll have like this big holiday meal and then they're like, Nope, next week I'm, I'm detoxing. I'm just drinking like lemon juice with cayenne pepper in it or celery juice. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, okay, like let's, let's not get so focused on these healthy extremes Mm -hmm. that you lose sight of the enjoyment of the holiday. And that includes with the foods Mm -hmm. that you like. Yeah. Don't lose sight of being a sane person. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Which I, I think maybe, maybe, you know, we should probably do a whole episode on detoxing or at least part of <laughs> an episode, but I just want to say this right now. If you have a liver and kidneys and skin, your body detoxes just fine. So you <laughs> exactly. don't need to do any of that other stuff. Okay. So just exactly. knock it off. Just yeah. to make that clear. Just to make it clear. <laughs> and I think, you know, I mean, I think if people... I've talked to people who have found like, you know, I've, I found this thing and it's, you know, um, it's a, it's a dessert, but it's made with, you know, sweet potatoes or this or that kind of stuff. And I really like it. Awesome. I think that's great. You know, mm-hmm. if you can find a healthier version or a lower calorie version of something that you really like, and it still feels like you're indulging on those. Great. That's awesome. But don't, don't look for these recipes at the expense of enjoyment. Because mm-hmm. then all you're doing, like you exactly like you said, is you're just further feeding that cycle of restriction and deprivation and further feeding these unhealthy mindsets, ideas, thoughts of, um, boy, I can just never fully enjoy. Like I can have pie light. I can have brownies light, right. but I can never right. have the real thing. And if you can never have the real thing, you're really setting yourself up, like you said, to go way overboard with the real thing at some point in the future. Right. And I'll never forget. Um, I made, uh, I would usually bring some kind of a, a veggie dish or something, you know, to the holiday meal Mm -hmm. because I, to me that, that makes a balanced meal. I Mm -hmm. enjoy vegetables. I would make it kind of holiday themed somehow, but I do remember, um, I'm trying to remember if it was one of my brothers that said it, or maybe it was Matt or something that was like, are you kidding? I'm not going to take up space on my plate with that. I'm going to like, I would rather have more mashed potatoes or whatever. So that's another, and anybody who has worked with me or who knows me knows that I'm a huge proponent of like, have a fruit or vegetable every time you eat, you know, Mm -hmm. like get those veggies in there. However, I will say that one meal or, or even like a few meals over time that do not have that specific balance or component to them. Just like you were saying, that is not going to like derail your entire (laughs) health journey or your, your body isn't even going to, I mean, you, you might 
I don't know, it might change your digestion, your bowel movements a little bit if you don't get enough fiber for like days on end, but like skipping over what you quote think is healthy Mm -hmm. so that you do have that like enjoyment of the meal. You're not you know, overeating because that could cause you to overeat as well. If you're mm-hmm. eating like a very fiber rich food, but then you also can't pass up the mashed potatoes and gravy or you can't, you know, right. skip dessert or whatever you end up eating more past that point of fullness. And then we get back to, you know, yeah. all that stuff we just talked about. So that's another yeah. thing to think about. Yeah, for sure. It's not like you're going to, you know, come the next summer and be like, man, I wonder where I'd be if I had some vegetables last Thanksgiving. Yeah, if I had had the roasted if broccoli. I only with had the- it skip that. I'd be so much further along. <laughs> that's what the problem was my downfall yeah (laughs) again putting a little bit too much weight (laughs) on very small yeah making the Mm -hmm. micro into a macro right yeah yeah um okay are you do you want to move on from that are we good yeah talk about the do let's you want to do the do was that Mountain Dew? Was that a Mountain Dew commercial? Do that the was, do? That was a Mountain Dew commercial. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to figure out how to say do do, but it didn't happen now. Do do. But I just did. <laughs> All I think of is the poop emoji when you say that. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Do do. Okay. So let me derailed. do do. Yeah. Okay. So um, do make physical activity a part of, of your holiday. Um, and I, before I get into it, I want to say this. I think there's a fine line here that is is really important to acknowledge because I think making physical activity a part of your holiday is a, is a great thing, uh, you know, but there's a flip side of that coin that gets ugly really quick. And that's these incredibly stupid, idiotic things. I hate that you see on social media. That's like, <laughs> Hey, for every bite of mashed potatoes, do five burpees. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you if you eat a piece of pie, uh, you know, I mean, whip yourself on the back for ten minutes. I mean, like this, it's punishment. It's, you know, oh, I did an awful thing, so I have to pay the price of exercise, and that mentality is one that I absolutely despise. Yeah. So you have I to want, earn food or something, right? Yeah. Or if you if you have it, then you have to, you know. You pay know, your penance. Pay your penance for it. Yeah, exactly. So there's a to me, there's a very clear distinction. This is not what we're talking about at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a whole separate thing. It may, there may be some blurry spots for people because I want to acknowledge that, but I want to be clear that is not at all what we're talking about. That's incredibly unhealthy, um, really short-term way to to address things. Um, and we're not talking about that. But what we are talking about is um here's the thing about movement is one, you feel better, right? It's going to de-stress you. If you are having like stressful, um, you know, thoughts or feelings around the holiday, going for a walk as a family or playing basketball with a niece or nephew or something like it's gonna, it's gonna relax you a little bit. Okay. It's also just going to help you feel better physically. It's going to aid in digestion. You know, it's going to get things moving and that kind of stuff. Um, you're just going to feel, feel better doing it. Plus, it also takes a lot of the emphasis off of the food, right? Like this holiday isn't just about food, expands it. This holiday is about connection. This holiday is about being with, you know, whether you're with extended family this holiday, you know, during COVID season or just your own family, it's about connection. It's about spending time together and eating food, eating wonderfully rich, delicious foods is just a part of it. It's not the point. 
It's just a part of it. And so it kind of helps expand that. And, and all of a sudden this holiday isn't just about this stressful thing, you know, this, okay, how am I going to manage this? It's about a whole lot more, you know, my family, um, I, I mean, always growing up from when I was a little kid, like Thanksgiving and Christmas, those days always included us going to the, the, the church, you know, yard that was, I don't know, 50 yards away and playing basketball or mm-hmm. something or going down to the elementary school that was a hundred yards away and playing football or playing on the equipment. You know, um, my mom used to work at that school so she could let us in and we go in and we play basketball. You know, we always just did physical things. You know, we went to the park and we played with, you know, now with the kids and it's just always been a part of all of our get togethers as a family. Um, and it just, it really expands the whole point of what we're doing. And it makes yeah. it about a whole lot, a whole, uh, makes about a lot more, you know? Yeah. 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 I agree with all of that. And I also like the idea of connecting with nature, getting mm-hmm. outside, mm-hmm. um, especially right now during the pandemic, if you are missing that connection with other humans, think of ways that you can, you know, get outside and safely interact with other people, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, I know during Halloween, people were doing scavenger hunts in their backyards. Mm-hmm. Well, do something for Thanksgiving or Christmas that mm-hmm. is similar to that. You know, if you guys, if somebody lives somewhere where there's snow, challenge your neighbors to a friendly snowball fight, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, go build a snowman, just do something that both serves you emotionally and physically and involves that, getting away from just the food focused, Mm -hmm. you know, idea of, of the holiday. Um, and I, I mean, personally, I feel really, um, kind of centered and just more normal physical activity is a normal part of my day. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it. I'm to the point where my brain, you know, kind of comes alive and and opens up when I have that movement of mm-hmm. any kind. So I think that's another way to look at it too, that this can be a really um, important part of self-care, you know, that, mm-hmm. that having some kind of activity or movement on the holiday itself can actually contribute to the overarching theme of the day, which is, Absolutely. you know, creating that, um, you know, that, that loving environment, which includes love for yourself. So, Mm -hmm. yep. And I also think that getting out of the house, it gets you away from temptation of continuing to go back and snack and little licks and tastes and nibbles and bites, right. That add up really quick of Mm -hmm. mindless eating. And so it just gets you away, you know, it removes you from the situation for a while, which makes that easier to manage too. Yeah. 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 So, um, the final do the final that we do. have. The let's final do. The do. do. Let's, let's do. do the last do-do. <laughs> Michael, can't help but make that punchline like every yeah. time. Yeah, I always um, will. It's, it's like giving a kid permission to say a, a word that's not always acceptable. Like mm-hmm. You got to get it all in. You got to yeah. say it as much as you can before it goes away. <laughs> <laughs> so do practice gratitude. And this is something I think applies year round. Mm -hmm. We hear it often. I hear it in just about every, every like, you know, list of things that you can do to improve your mental health, your physical health, um, 
especially in the current world we live in, where there's a lot of um, uncertainty and, and, you know, we hear about mental health taking a hit right now. And, um, and then, you know, put yourself into a situation where you're not feeling super confident around how you're going to respond to a food type event. Um, practicing gratitude can really impact physical and mental health. Um, in fact, those who routinely practice gratitude uh, experience fewer physical aches and pains, and they're more likely to take care of their body. So when you do kind of, you're shifting your mental energy into this more positive place. And when you do that, you know, the research supports this, that people are more likely to engage in healthful behaviors Mm -hmm. and less likely to rely on, um, less healthful behaviors. Um, if they do practice gratitude, which can reduce anxiety, it can reduce, uh, feelings of resentment and envy and regret and frustration. And, Mm -hmm. you know, some of these things that I think for a lot of people can be amplified during the holidays. Absolutely. Um, you know, we, you and I are talking about how great and connected and, and all of these wonderful things about the holidays, but we also have to acknowledge that for many, it's not Rough like people don't look forward to them. Yeah. Yep. They've lost loved ones and you know, there's, it's maybe a first or second or 30th, you know, holiday season without that person. And I think a lot of times it just doesn't get any easier, you know, or they are, you know, have lost their family still alive, but they're not a part of it. They lost connections. You know, they've um, maybe it's a first holiday after a, a divorce, you know, and it's your first holiday without your kids. And, there's tough stuff around the holidays and you're right. It's, and I'm glad you brought that up because it is easy for someone in a place of things are good, you know, and my holidays are going to be good and I'm looking forward to them to just kind of assume that's the way this is. But holidays are a very tough time for a lot of people. In fact, I think it's during the holiday season, I might be wrong. So, but I'm pretty sure that instances of suicide and suicide attempts go up, tick up, pretty significantly yeah. during the holidays. I've heard that too. Yeah. yeah. Because it's a tough time and and people if they feel alone, they feel extra alone when everybody else is warm and fuzzy and getting together and it's just a reminder of wow, I really don't have anyone. Yeah. That's, that's tough. Yeah. And not that and not I've... that practicing gratitude is going to combat, you know, serious mental health issues. You know, we're not saying that, but it it does shift your perspective. And like you said, it does put your energy into positive places. And I think a lot of times practicing that gratitude and saying, I am thankful for this. I am grateful for this. And even internalizing some of that, I'm grateful that I am this in the world or that I've been able to experience this. You start doing that and you start seeing like, okay, there are things of value within me. And if there are things with value within me, if I could recognize and acknowledge those, then maybe I want to feed those a little bit. Maybe I want to take care of that a little bit, you know, and it kind of, it's an upward spiral, I think. Yeah. It, it forces you into a place of looking at what's right mm-hmm. in your life, what's mm-hmm. happening that's good. And I mean, I've, uh, trust me, I've had days where I am like, okay, the only thing I'm thankful for right now is, you know, a warm bed with a pillow so I can just go to sleep and forget this yeah. day, you know? Yeah. Um, but I do think it forces you to really 
start seeing the very small things. And this is, I mean, part of why Michael and I do the meaning in the mundane Mm -hmm. is a little bit of gratitude practice for those simple things in life. So it could be, it could be a really huge thing. I mean, you could be really grateful that like a family member got a negative COVID test and can fly across and see you or something. I mean, there's, there's so many big things that you could be thankful for, Mm -hmm. but there's little things too. And I, I really believe that every person, if you just start practicing this and I would suggest starting, I mean, most of what I've read and heard about a gratitude practice is make it real. Mm -hmm. So actually write it down or share it with someone. Um, some people share this on social media. I know people that do it all month long. Mm -hmm. So November is kind of like their gratitude month. And so every day they, you know, list something they're grateful for, or, um, you know, three things they're grateful for or something. So Mm -hmm. I would say somehow making it real and putting it out in the world, because I know it has an effect on me when I see others practicing gratitude, it kind of reminds me, it sort of takes me out of whatever, you know, wormhole of, (laughs) you know, whatever emotion I'm feeling, you know, takes me out of that and helps kind of recenter me and remind yeah. me like, Hey, that's an important thing. You know, maybe yeah. you could do that. Yeah, um, sure. so I think that's a, that's a really good, and people can experience improved sleep mm-hmm. if they routinely practice gratitude. Mm-hmm. And then think of the effect it can have on someone else right. when you, you know, tell a stranger, thank you for something, Mm -hmm. you know, for holding a door open for you or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, for allowing you to go first into the the grocery store or whatever, you know, just these, um, giving somebody a big wave if they, Mm -hmm. you know, make space for you in traffic, um, those kinds of things, just, it's an immediate energy shift in your brain and your body with the different neurotransmitters that are released. And so it really can have Mm -hmm. an immediate effect on you. Yeah. There's a chemical change. You know, your, your body changes to adapt to that. Like, Oh, we're doing a thing that feels good. Let's feel good. You know? And it, and it just responds in that way. And, um, and yeah. And like you said, it, it can cause someone else to have that response as well. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Spread the warm fuzzies. I would say just thinking of all of these do's and don'ts that we've gone through, um, it might help our listeners to just have a quiet moment to sit down and kind of picture what you want your holiday to look Mm -hmm. like, whether it's, you know, you do it a little differently for each holiday because who knows what, you know, each circumstance is going to bring. Um, or if you just, you know, you're thinking about like the couple months ahead and you're really heading into this entire season of holidays. And you're thinking, what are the overarching themes that I want out of my life that I want to practice, uh, that I want to focus on. And each person, it's going to look different for each person, depending on where you're at in your wellness journey in you, you know, where you live geographically, because right. it depends on the weather. It depends on how, <laughs> how bad the pandemic is where you mm-hmm. are. You know, there's so many different circumstances. So I would encourage our listeners to just take some time, yeah. you know, Um, I would say this early this week, you know, before Thanksgiving hits and really think about what, what do I want out of this holiday season? You know, 
practicing gratitude. What does that look right. like for me? Um, right. practicing listening to my body with hunger and satiety. What does mm-hmm. that look like for me? Practicing which foods, how, what role food plays right. in all of this and how can I approach the holidays feeling calm and confident and hopeful mm-hmm. and, you know, having some of those feel good kind of anticipatory, right. <laughs> um, yeah, what foods you know, am I looking forward to the most, you know, how am I going to be physically active? What are we going to do? What's a game I can play with the kids, you know, or that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, we like plans, you know, Aaron and I both yeah. like plans. We like, we like Aaron, Aaron likes bullet lists. <laughs> Aaron might like plans a little bit more than I do, but I still like plans a whole lot, <laughs> but you know, if yeah. you have an idea of what you want things to be like as a lot greater chance they're going to be like that. If you have no idea, well, you're just kind of at the whim of what happens, you know? And so why not, why not take, you know, the the wheel in your own hands a little bit and try to steer it in certain directions? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll say one more. I just thought of one more thing. Um, growing up, I watched my mom just, I mean, we, we always had like the, the family, dinners and, and we'd get together with my grandparents. We always had like the meal planning and all this stuff, but Mm -hmm. growing up, I watched my mom kind of move from enjoying the like Christmas cookies, for example, man, she would just make like boatloads of Christmas cookies and then like shell them out to all the family members because she was the only one in the family that made them. It was like this tradition. She really enjoyed it. She'd look forward to it. And then she kind of hit this phase where we were in high school and then in college where she was just really busy with her work. Her health wasn't great. Um, She was stressed out all the time, but she still compelled herself to make these Christmas cookies. Mm. And it became, it became really detrimental for her because Mm. she would like stay up super late at night just to make the dough because then it has to be refrigerated for 24 hours. So then she'd get up early and go to work. And I mean, it just became like this burden. Mm. And I remember kind of observing this shift when I was probably a teenager into young adulthood and realizing that like, mom, this is not a fun tradition. This is not serving you right now. And to be honest, I would really rather have you healthy and relaxed and able available to like do something fun with us over the holiday versus Mm -hmm. feeling compelled that you have to do this thing, you know, that's tradition. So I would say that would probably be my, you know, my additional maybe don't would be, don't put too much pressure on yourself to, you know, live up to certain expectations around, the holiday, you know, there's certain traditions or there's certain practices or whatever recipes that, you know, that really work for your family and that, you know, bring joy. Mm -hmm. But if those things become a burden, you're like, I just really don't feel like, you know, doing the whole, like decorating the house business because then I have to like take it all down. Well, you know, do what suits you. Yeah. Yeah. Like do the things that really will help you be centered and joyful during the holiday. Yeah. Don't, don't operate out of obligation. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a rough place. Yeah. I would, I'm going to add one more. Don't. Oh, go for it. Don't deep fry a frozen Turkey. Ah, (laughs) (laughs) don't do it. We've all seen the videos. Have you tried it? Please tell me. Yeah. No, No. I don't want to kill loved ones. (laughs) Lose a limb. Blow up your house. (laughs) (laughs) We're actually, so I've never cooked a Turkey myself And because Matt and I are doing the dinner just for ourselves this year, 
and we have a pit barrel, which is like one of those like 50 gallon, you know, barrels, Mm -hmm. um, this big drum that has like a couple like rebar, uh, things that kind of go across it. And then you like hang the meat, um, whether it's a brisket or, you know, we've done chickens on it. And so you have the, um, the different, you know, wood chips and, and briquettes in the bottom. And so it like slow cooks the meat, but in kind of a smoker type of fashion. Mm-hmm. And apparently you can do turkeys on this thing. So cool. we're going to do the turkey on the pit barrel, but it nice. will not be frozen and there's no, no deep frying involved. Deep frying. So we will not be. Good. <laughs> we will record the next episode and you'll be looking like a pirate because you lost an eye or something. Right. <laughs> no, Matt will. <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to be my job. (laughs) (laughs) All right. There's probably all kinds of kitchen mishaps that we could encourage people not to do. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Maybe next year, maybe next year we'll do that for our, (laughs) put it on the ducket. Yeah. The safety kitchen episode. (laughs) So, um, yeah, you have a meeting in the Monday. You want me to go first? Um, I do have one, but sure. Go first. Okay. Did we wrap that up? Did I skip ahead? Did we not wrap that up well enough? I don't think so. I think okay. we're wrapped up. Um, right. Yeah, we went through yeah. all of the all okay. the do's and don'ts. I think people probably have the idea here. And, right. um, you know, I would say sit down and, and do a little thinking on this and, and yeah. write down kind of your vision of what you what you would like it to look like. I agree with what I And said. that is it. That's it. All okay. right. Let me go first. Okay. Yes. So, um I've, uh, in the last, well, for a while now, I've had a handful of, uh, post bariatric patients as clients, mm-hmm. but in the last month or so, um, I've, I've got quite a few more. Um, so it's kind of becoming a, a population I work with quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, one of the things that I've noticed in talking to them is there's a lot of judgment about, um, having that procedure, having that surgery done, right. Even within the fitness community, a a lot of them have said, you know, I've I've talked to trainers, I've talked to nutritionists or dietitians or whatever. And there's just a lot of, well, you just took the easy way out. Didn't you? Yeah. There's stigma. um, There's a real stigma with it. And I try not to be a super judgmental guy. Um, I think I'm pretty laid back in nature and I, and I have worked hard over the years to try to catch my own judgments and that kind of stuff. Um, but I think one of the reasons I've, I've gained some of that clientele is because I don't have judgment about it, you know? So anyway, I, I'm working with, you know, these several post-bariatric clients and, and one of them just, she had gone through just a tough week. Things had kind of not gone as planned. And she was telling herself some of these old stories that she's rehearsed to herself for years and, and this kind of stuff. And we just spent a lot of time, you know, we were kind of talking every day, texting her on the phone, whatever. Um, and after about a week, she just sent me a message. She said, thank you for, for not judging me. And it was just, it was just a really good, if, I mean, I'll just be honest, it felt really good. (laughs) Right. Did (laughs) it, did it make you misty a little bit? A little bit, you know, and I was, I mean, one, there was sure like there was some pride in myself about like, good, I'm doing the thing that I wanted to do. You Mm -hmm. know, I'm, I'm operating how I want to, but also just, it just felt good knowing that there has been a history of this judgment and which has caused like an aversion to step more into this fitness world. Right. Because 
they're all a-holes and they're all judging me and they're all, you know, that kind of stuff. And so to just have a moment where it's like, okay, maybe I can sink myself into this a bit more. Um, mm-hmm. I just, it just was a really good feeling. And it made me yeah. really happy that, that she had that experience and that there was just some good, you know, confidence built and that kind of stuff within her. So that's fine. Yeah. And, and that's very meaningful to shift someone's perspective and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe release some resentment or, you know, kind of challenge that yeah. view of what the fitness industry has to offer me or where I fit in the industry, which for a lot of people, um, specifically in that population you're talking about, you know, the post-bariatric patient, they're, mm-hmm. they're just like, there's no place there's for no me. Place like for there's, yeah. there's that's nobody who understands or relates or supports it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's very good. That's a good one. I like yeah. it. Cool. Thanks. What's nice yours? job partner. High five. High five. <laughs> so mine is this past weekend, I spoke with my best friend from high school. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I say my best friend from high school, we've known each other since kindergarten and our parents went to high school together. <laughs> I'm okay. pretty sure our grandparents went to high school together. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> this is like for real small town connection stuff. You guys, right. That's generations right. upon generations yeah. that <laughs> have known each other. And I, she, nobody knows me like my friend, Nicole does in a sense that she knows my family inside out. She knows my grandparents, the family dynamics over the years, how things have evolved in my family. She's seen my personality develop from the time we were in kindergarten together. I mean, there's nobody that knows you that well, unless they're a family member. And I would go so far to say she is a family member right now. We, she lives in a different state. She, I hardly see her. She has three kids. Our lifestyles are different. So we don't get to connect very often. Um, even over the phone, you know, like we'll shoot each other a text or something once in a while, but, and then we, you know, always try and make a priority to see each other when we're in our hometown together and we Mm -hmm. can, you know, um, obviously it's very different this year because who knows if either of us are going to be home or, or what that's going to look like. And so I texted her on Friday. I was, um, I've lately been feeling like just totally disconnected socially and from the roots of who I am and the people Mm -hmm. who know me best, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So I text her and I was, you know, I'm a take action kind of person. I'm like, (laughs) I got to fix this. Who, what can I do? So I text Nicole and I'm like, let's schedule a phone date. And she comes back and goes, I'm available tomorrow morning at nine. (laughs) I was like, Okay. Sweet. So we talked on the phone for two hours and nice. we're not, I mean, I will say like, that was shit that I did when I was in junior high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have not talked on the phone that long with somebody in years. Mm-hmm. And just the, I was, I just felt so good and loved and like the sense of belonging and connection that I haven't felt in a very long time. I'm going to get emotional talking about it. <laughs> But it was so like just a phone call with someone that knows you so well and can mm-hmm. connect so easily. I mean, we just fell into step. We haven't talked to each other literally in months on the phone. Yeah. And within two minutes into the conversation, we're just like opening up and talking about all of, all of the things, you know, yeah. there's just, there's no expectation or barrier there. So just as a reinforcement that 
those people that have always been there and feels like they always will be there, they still are, you know, like reach out to them and just a phone call can have the most profound shift Mm -hmm. in energy and, you know, outlook and mood and all of this stuff. And then to top it off, I talked to two other friends that night, (laughs) same kind of scenario. I was like, Hey, let's schedule a zoom happy hour. And they're like, Hey, our kids go to bed at nine. Let's talk. (laughs) So, Who happened to live in the same town as my best friend, Nicole up in Spokane, Washington. And so I, it was kind of this funny, like overload of love and friendship and girl time, but I was like, Oh my gosh, I so need this. So anyway. Awesome. That's great. Make that phone call people. Yay. Do it. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, okay. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Have a happy Thanksgiving for those of you celebrating. Mm -hmm. And for those that aren't, have a good Thursday. Exactly. Enjoy your week. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Have a good one. Bye.